Good morning. I hope you had a good sleep. I had a wonderful sleep. I'm so grateful for sleep. Sleep is so important to our mood, but also cell rejuvenation, our health, our immunity. Sleep is so important. If there is any health aid you're going to get, you're going to go to a doctor and have a lot of tests done to figure out, you know, why the hip hurts or why the knee hurts or why the breathing feels weird or the heart beating. All of those are very important. Go to the doctor for all of them. But I am advising that you also go to your medical professional about sleeping. Because if you can get your sleep right, you will be amazed at what else it will fix. It's just an amazing, an amazing thing sleep is. But I'm not here to talk about sleep. I'm here to talk about the Word of God. Particularly, we are going through the four Gospels and studying Jesus chronologically. And we are at John chapter 2. And this is where people who are religious, people who have grown up in, I'm going to say in Christianity, but do not live an abundant life, do not, do not seem to be able to have that joy and peace that is promised to those who are living for God, who are living a Christian lifestyle. This is the why that people who go to church religiously and even for generations end up saying it's nonsense. It's because they don't understand there is some particular instruction. And Jesus right away in his ministry starts addressing the needs of the religious people. And I love him for that. I love him that he didn't just uh, get angry at the Pharisees and uh, just write them off because they weren't doing it right. I love that he took the time to teach us you know, people find a lot of comfort in their religious practices, in their routines and in their rituals. And regardless, and, and when I say religious, I don't even mean just Christianity. Um, people who are of 
maybe Islam or maybe they're Hindu or um, Buddhist or they they find a place of contentment knowing they are active in their religion. But Jesus said he is the way, the truth, the life. There is no none of the other prophets of those religions that I previously mentioned. Muhammad, Buddha, they never said they were the way. They said, I will show you the way. But they didn't say they were the way. Jesus Christ said he was the way, the truth, the life. And so let's, let's dive into, to his instruction to the religious. So we are on lesson number six in this chronological study of Jesus. And so he's, already been baptized. He's been through the wilderness. He's started gathering disciples. He's performed his first miracle. He's gone to Jerusalem and turned over the tables of the religious people. And that's where we start today from because he went to Jerusalem for uh, John 2, 23. He went to Jerusalem for the Passover and after turning over those tables, he performed some miraculous signs. Now it doesn't, the, none of the four gospels record what he performed, but verse 23 of John 2 says, because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many began to trust him. So because he exhibited that authority in the temple, and then followed up by demonstrating he had the power of God active and at work in his life, people began to trust him, trust that he had something to say. Let me tell people who are involved in the miraculous, if you are of a high enough engaged in faith, all you need is faith as a grain of mustard seed to say to a mountain, be removed. You don't need much faith. Uh, you, you, the fact that you pray is all the faith you need. You don't have to be able to, you know, see it or, or have had multiple hour prayer meetings or if you will just pray. That's the faith that God is looking for. And God will work through you if you have that much faith. And I, I want to say that if you, the reason the Lord has put the working of miracles into our care is for the purpose of drawing people to us and therefore to him. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not gathering people to me because I need it for my, um, my ego. I am 
The only way I know to teach others about Christ is to have them with me so that they can hear my words. And the reason they will come to me is because I speak the miraculous life and words of Jesus into them. And so when we pray for the sick and they are recovered, that the point of that is not just for that person to be recovered. Now there is follow-up work where you need to teach them the words of Jesus, how to have life and live life more abundantly. So John chapter three, we start in verse one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. Now, clearly he was a ruler of the Jews. So he was a religious leader. He was a Pharisee. And I am fully of the belief that he was there when, or at least heard, I, I feel he was there, but doesn't matter. He was there or he heard about Jesus going into his, his comfort place, that temple where Jesus went in and turned over those tables. That's his domain, so to speak. And then Jesus starts working these miracles. So Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews, verse 2, came to Jesus by night. So he snuck to Jesus. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't want to stir up any trouble here. I'm going to sneak over here under the cover of darkness. And said unto him, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher. Come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, that means truly. And then he doubled up on the word, Truly, truly. I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want to point out that Jesus said, You cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot even see it. And so this is important because when, when we are engaging with God and we, after being born again ourselves, we are so full of hope. Um, my daughter had a friend who is not a Christian. I'm, if, if I remember right, she's an atheist. Um, but nevertheless, she, she is not involved in Christianity or any religion that I know of, whether or not her firm belief is atheism, I, I don't know. But nevertheless, this friend of my daughter's, her mother passed and Morgan, my daughter who grew up as, um, a part of the leadership team, or she wasn't the leadership within the church, although she is naturally a leader. What I mean is she grew up constantly at church events because her parents, her grandparents, her aunts, her uncles, everybody is involved in leadership at, at Souls Harbor in Bellevue. And so she, Morgan has been to more funerals than can be counted by nature of us loving the people of our congregation and whether or not we knew the deceased person, we go to funerals to love and support and comfort the living. And so 
Morgan has been at so many funerals. And then, of course, we have experienced death within our family, ourselves. And so Morgan was was confiding in me uh, a, some small level of frustration that this friend of hers, you know, was not moving forward, you know. And I, I had to pause and point out to Morgan, 90% of Morgan's friendships have been of Christians. This is a friend from her workplace. And so I said, you know, Morgan, you've not been with people who have walked through the valley of the shadow of death without God. People who do that without God, they don't have a hope. They can't see comfort. They, they don't experience it the way we do. We, even in our pain, we do not realize how much those of us who are, are sold out living for God, we do not know how much of our pain is being carried by God. He is so faithful. And so this, this is what happens when you are not born of the spirit. You cannot even see the kingdom of God. Uh, uh, again, I was in a personal situation where, um, I was telling someone I was, I was visiting a friend in another country and I was telling their, their child, who's an adult. Um, I was, I was expressing to them, yeah, come see me. Absolutely. Like get that passport, start saving money for that ticket. You come see me and I'm going to take care of you in America. And you know, I'm just assuring this person with all the confidence that I feel and know, like, you're coming to the USA. Well, coming to the USA is, is just a dream. It's nothing but a dream. And that I would have been so confident in saying, absolutely, like this is without doubt going to happen. All you have to do is save the money for a plane ticket. You get to me and all is well. And, uh, he just couldn't hardly wrap his mind around that. And so I was telling the girls I was traveling with later, we again, just like I was saying with Morgan about the valley of the shadow of death, we live so bathed in the fruit of the spirit, which includes hope that it's shocking to run across people without hope. Like it, it's just impossible. They have just experienced and Christians, of course, experience disappointments and things not coming to pass as we wanted as well. But because we live under the, the veil, the branches of the fruit of the spirit, because we abide in the vine and, and hope is just a part of everything we do. But if you're not born again, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. Verse four, Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb and be born the second time into his mother's womb? Like, and Nicodemus, I think was kind of making fun of this situation, talking about being born again. And Jesus answered, truly, truly, again, that double emphasis, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man 
be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, first of all, Jesus is saying you can't see it. And so if you can't see it because you haven't been born again, then of, of course you can't enter it. How are you going to walk through the door that you cannot see? Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Flesh is a Greek word, sarx. means the body of man. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Now, when verse 6 says born of the flesh is flesh and then spirit is spirit, we think, and we are correct by saying, if you're born of the flesh, you're just the flesh. What is born of the flesh is the flesh. It just is a reproduction of the exact same thing. And that is true of the spirit is a reproduction of the spirit. Born of the spirit is a reproduction of the spirit. But I've got to point out that it's a capital S, that which is born of the capital S spirit, because that is the divine. That is God. The breath of God. That which is born of the divine, the breath of God, is spirit, and that's lowercase spirit, and that is the, also means breath, but it means animate. So that which is born of the flesh is flesh. We're, we're, flesh is flesh. We're just a reproduction of our DNA. But that which is born again of the water and of the spirit, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Jesus said, marvel not that I said, don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born again. <laughs> I mean, you can't even see the the miracles. You can't even understand how these things are happening. You come into me under the the veil of darkness because you know there is something missing. So why are you surprised that a person must be born again? Verse 8, the wind blows where it listeth. Now we've got some King James words going on here. The word listeth means to will, have a mind, intend. The wind blows where it intends, where it to be resolved or determined to purpose. The wind blows where it is purposed to blow. The wind blows where it is determined to blow. The wind blows where it wills, where it needs to, and you hear the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it comes and whither it goes. You can't tell where it's coming and you can't tell where it's going. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So people who are born of the Spirit, they're not going to be thinking and behaving and under the the spell of hopelessness and impossibility and a lack of creativity. That what is born of the flesh is flesh. But what is born of the Spirit is spirit. And the people who are born of the Spirit, 
when I mentioned me being in another country, I, I did not set on a goal chart that international travel was a part of what I was going to do. I, I, all I've done is I was born again and I continually renew myself in that born again experience. And my outcome is that all I want to do is the will of God. And therefore doing the will of God has me plugged into a home church where I give my life to the work of God, the people of God, my community, which means the people who are not yet of God. And, and I am suddenly blown with the purpose of God to another country. I am, people hear the sound of me. They can't tell from where I'm coming or where I'm going. (laughs) I am, I am suddenly infused with, with a need to teach the word of God. Uh, I'm a singer. I'm a, a songwriter. I've never thought of myself as a teacher, but the wind blows where it listeth. The wind, those of us who are born of the spirit, we just like flesh is flesh and, and the flesh born of the flesh copies the DNA of the parent purposed and determined by the DNA of the parent, whether they are going to be tall or short or, or have red hair or black hair or curly hair or straight, the spirit lower lowercase spirit, us born of the spirit, uppercase spirit has an intention passed from the father. And, and that lowercase spirit carries the will of the uppercase father spirit, the purpose of the spirit of God. We walk by faith and not by sight. The wind blows where it listeth and you hear the sound thereof, but can't not tell from where it comes or where it's going. So is every one born of the spirit. Sometimes we don't even know yet where we're going, but you're going to hear us coming and going as we fulfill the purpose of our father. Oh my goodness. What a powerful thing. So Nicodemus in verse nine answered him and said unto him, how can these things be? Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto him, you're a master of Israel and you don't know these things. You're a master in Israel. You are a religious leader teaching the things of God and you do not know these things. And I heed this warning to listeners right now to check yourself. You call yourself a Christian and you don't know that every day of your life is to be led of the spirit of God. Check yourself because if you can't see the kingdom of God, you need to be born again. If you, if you, if you can't enter into this behavior, 
The kingdom of God is righteousness, doing what is right. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Spirit. If you are not able to enter into the righteousness, the the will, the surrender of God, you need to be born again. Verse 11, Jesus goes on to say, truly, truly, I'm telling you, we speak what we know and we testify of what we have seen. And clearly you've not seen and experienced this. And so therefore he was telling Nicodemus, if you've not, if you have not experienced being led of the spirit, you need to be born again. You know, when, when you have somebody telling you about their hope and how, you know, it's not worked out yet, but they hope in the Lord. Their hope is that God works all things out for the good. This right here, this financial situation might not be what I like. This, uh, this this health situation might not be what I like, but here's what I know. God works all things out for the good. And if I'm in the hospital, I'm going to make sure that I am plugged into the spirit so the spirit can be at work in that hospital. And if I am in a car accident, I'm going to make sure the spirit of God is at work so that God is able to work even through that car accident. If I am in a, in a, place of loneliness, I'm going to make sure the spirit of God is at work so that all things work together for the good. We're telling you our experiences. And when you hear people saying those things that God is at work in the hospital room, that God is at work in, in death and in sickness, that God is, is with us in those situations. And it almost makes you angry because because all you know is this frustration of walking through anxiety and dealing with depression. And I'm just telling you from experience, you need to be born again. Because when people are telling you spiritual things and you can't see it, that's your check, check engine light. I need to be born again. Verse 12, Jesus said, if I told you earthly things and you didn't believe them, how are you going to believe if I tell you heavenly things? So here's a, here's a spoiler alert. Being born of the spirit, being born of the spirit is when you are in prayer. I don't care how long you've been a Christian how long you've been in whatever religion you're of, when you seek Jesus Christ, God Almighty, in prayer, and you surrender, your emotions are no longer in check. Your anger is no longer in check before God. You are really raw and honest before God. When you are surrendered to God in prayer and you surrender to such a degree that you begin praying in an unknown tongue, a babbling, a, it's no language you have ever spoken before. I have Chinese friends when they speak in tongues, they do not speak Mandarin or, or any of the other languages of China. When, if you are, 
one of my Hispanic friends. When you speak in tongues, you don't speak any language that you know, be that English or Spanish. When you pray to such a degree that you are speaking in other tongues, that is how you know you have been born of the Spirit. And we see that in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 11, Acts 15, Acts 19. We see it over and over and over in Scripture where people are praying in the Holy Ghost and it is evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And Paul, Paul was very into speaking in tongues. He said, I speak with tongues more than you all. (laughs) Being born of the water is when you are baptized into Jesus Christ by being completely immersed in water in Jesus' name. Being born of the water and of the Spirit. And and as we continue going through Christ's life, you're going to see him teaching his disciples this. But just in case you're hearing this recording and you've never heard this before, you want to be born again of the water and of the Spirit like Jesus told Nicodemus he needed to do. I want you to know this is how you do that. And if you're not a part of a circle of people who encourage this this level of, of spiritual connection with God, find one. Now, my grandmother was filled with the Holy Ghost at home. She didn't need anybody around her. She was reading all of these references and acts. And she said, if this is real and it's for me, fill me with the Holy Ghost at home. She was praying for God to fill her with this experience at home. She began to speak in other tongues as she prayed and the privacy of her home. And so you don't have to be surrounded by people who are, who believe in speaking with other tongues during prayer to be filled with the Holy Ghost. But I will tell you that when you are, it's a powerful experience. You know, since Jesus referred it to birth, I'm going to tell you it is a lot like birth. When you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost for the first time, the way a mother is under that, that um, pressing and, and she's got her birth coaches around her and, and they're saying, push, push. (laughs) I grew up with this experience where people are with you in prayer. Everyone is praying with this intensity and they are, they can see I've been praying for people as they are filled with the Holy Ghost and you can see the physical expression on their face change as they feel the intensity of God's spirit. Come on them. (laughs) It's so beautiful. You keep their expression changes. It's And so, therefore, as I'm praying with people and I see this happen, you can just say, let that go. <laughs> like, if the Holy Ghost is on you right now. Let that go. Let that go. And that's a lot of times what's happening in a church setting or at a home prayer meeting where someone is being filled with the Spirit for the first time. <laughs> Excuse my tears. It's just such an, an amazing experience. I'm so grateful that this is the life I have grown up in. I was filled with the Holy Spirit at five years old. It's all I've known. It's the only way I've known to pray. And so when people are in their 30s and 40s and even 60s, and they have never known that praying in the Holy Ghost is for everybody. (laughs) 
it's such a powerful experience. So I want to encourage you. I've got to be, I've got to get off here. I got to stop this recording. <laughs> but if you are having a hard time finding joy and peace and hope, these are love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, meekness, self-control. All of these are, the Bible calls them the fruit of the spirit. So if, if you are dealing with depression and you're not able to love, if you're dealing with anxiety, and I know all of these things, I'm talking about them boldly because I've experienced them. And you're, you're not able to find peace and comfort. If you, if you're dealing with a temper, if you're dealing with self-control issues, oh, be born again. Jesus said, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God and you can't enter the kingdom of God. Be born again. Be born again. If you'll go to my website, DanaeRichardson.com, you'll end up finding my church. And I'm, if I remember right, there's a, a church locator on there that is full of churches across the world who live to teach people about being born of the spirit and being baptized in Jesus name. Have a great day. God bless you.